0: Hey everyone, we have received exceptional support for the Diaries Plus. It means so much to us. It's been a tough year for us, we're down on sponsors, but you keep lifting us up and making this show possible. And Because of that, we get to keep making more cool shows for you. So today we're releasing a new series on Diaries Plus called Good Good Bad. Trips, adventures, and fiascos that define our lives. On New Year's Eve 2023, Mason Gravely slid a stand-up paddleboard into the tannin-stained waters of Lake Okeechobee and embarked on an adventure he's been dreaming of for years, an unsupported crossing of one of our country's biggest lakes. Between the weather, toxic algae, and alligators, he was told it was preposterous. But Mason's journey was a culmination of years of Florida adventures and a passion for conservation. Here's a little taste of the first Good Good Bad episode, Alligator Lake
1: wherever you are is an adventurous place to people that aren't from there and so it's like i'll be honest right now at this point in my life i would never leave within an hour or two of my home if i could and i'd probably that's probably going to change at some point but right now that's like my reality and i did not see that coming like i i would have laughed at you if you you said that's the way you're going to think in 5 years and so it, it all of us have to go through it like oh adventure is elsewhere or life and fulfillment and What we're looking for is elsewhere. And I think part of maturing and just part of just living this life is one, going through that, and two, (laughs) realizing everything you need is right here. You know, how many times have people told us that? But it, it takes learning it yourself, you know?
0: Subscribe to Plus Now for the full story and access to all new episodes. As always, thank you for your support. Now, on to the show. Sweet. It's really cool. Pull on Well it might be hard for me to get up here.
2: Ugh.
0: Shavy? Oh yeah. Oh what? It's crazy. Ooh, careful, careful. What? I
2: don't
0: know. I always forget which one can like sting you. None of them can sting you. I thought there was millipedes or centipedes? They I can't can remember. Bite you. They can bite you, yeah. Well, careful. I (laughs) I can't remember which one's which. I think it's
3: millipedes, and this is a centipede.
0: Gotcha. Wiley, would you explain to everyone on the Dirtbag Diaries where we are right now?
3: Okay. So, right now, I'm at a creek,
0: and it's pretty close to our house. We don't have to drive. We can walk, and it's fun to go to. Tell us the story about the owls, you remember that? And there was a time where we came down here and there were owls and there were three of them and they were all perching and I crossed the river and looked at them and it was pretty cool. Do you like it down here? Yes. Yeah. It's like so quiet. And you can just listen to the creek all day. I like it a lot. So, this little place is woods, right? It's this little pocket, and it actually has a name, but like no one in Seattle would know it. It's called the Kingfisher Natural Area. You know, even it's it's totally cool. Like up higher, actually, by the light rail station, there's this point where like there's a beaver dam, and the beaver will like chill out on the side of the road, like the way an old dog would. And you like walk through, you know, from catching your bus and there's there's this beaver. It's, it's really cool, right? And, you know, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like you can't swim in the water. Sometimes people all dump trash here. We had to have a, conversations with our kids about like what happens if you find needles, right? We live in a big city. But it is just this little perfect oasis for us. Like I wouldn't want to spend all my time here. For instance, it's not some big grand adventure. Like last weekend, I was riding my bike through the Dark Divide down by Mount Adams for three days, and you know, saw wolf tracks and was like sleeping at lakes that were old um, volcanoes. You know, really, really wild places. But I think this spot and how it ties into my day-to-day life, how often I visit it, how it gives me this little reprieve, I just love it and it means a lot to our family. Today, we've got another entry into our Endangered Spaces series. And usually, I know we're like covering a problem, but today, we get to cover a solution. Today, we get to share a little bit of good news, which is pretty cool, especially for the community that has worked so hard to preserve this natural space. In the spring of this year, the Biden administration, they designated two new national monuments Aviqua Ami in Nevada, and the Castner Range in Texas. And the Kastner Range, in a way, it's a lot like this little place I'm standing in. For a national monument, it's not big. It's just over 6,700 acres. But to the almost 700,000 people that live in El Paso, Texas, it's been a natural oasis that's got a troubled history. And it took a deep amount of work to not just keep it as a natural ecosystem, but make it return to that. This last spring, Kibacha Moreno traveled to El Paso for the Castner Range Coalition's Day of Celebration. Gabacha has been in the thick of the final years of advocating leading up to the monument designation. She worked with Nuestra Tierra Conservation Project from 2021 to 2023. And as a first generation American, the project helped her connect to a place where she was born, but had never really left. So today, let's meet our newest monuments. I'm Fitz Cajal. I'll, I'll try it here. Come over here and do the Dirtbag Diaries again. Can you say, my name is Wiley Cajal and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries? My name is Wiley Kahal, and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Good job, dude. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, this is this is really one of the best places to be able to see Casner Range, right along this part of the trail.
4: Scott Cutler is one of the longest-involved advocates for the protection of Casner Range after falling in love with the Franklin Mountains when he first visited El Paso in the 80s.
1: You get a sense for the expansiveness of it that goes beyond that ridge to the north, and of course then... Even up to the, the peak there, where the tower is, oh, really? that's part of Castner Range. That, this first one right here? The, well, the one with the little tower yeah, on it. I see that. The building that. on yeah. it. That's uh, Indian Peak, I believe, right? Yeah. Somebody was also uh, asking about the moose or Bullwinkle. <laughs> uh, there's a formation here that a lot of people see, if you're familiar with uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, the old cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at this mountain right in front of us, there's Bullwinkle's nose is coming straight down, and then on each side, you have the antlers coming out.
5: It's a moose, right oh, there.
4: Casner yeah. <laughs> Range is situated within the Franklin Mountains, which rise as high as 7,192 feet above sea level. It was named after General Joseph Kastner, and it served as a weapons test site for the army from 1926 to 1966. The mountains of Kastner Range stand tall, wise, and beautiful in the middle of the buzzing city of El Paso, Texas. Kastner is in the Chihuahuan Desert ecosystem, which is thought to be one of the most biologically diverse deserts in the whole world. Here, the Gobernadora, also known as the Creosote Bush, pays homage to her Hispanic name by governing most of the landscape. Walking through the land, we can also see yucca, prickly pear cactus, and ocotillo. One may also spot lizards, mule deer, golden eagles, coyotes, and mountain lions. Most spectacularly, when spring allows, bright yellow poppies carpet the foot of the mountains. And this is why most El Pasoans call Kastner where the poppies grow. The Franklin Mountains begin just east of downtown El Paso, and they are completely surrounded by its urban community overlooking the Rio Grande and the working-class northeast neighborhoods.
6: Back when I was a kid, the way the, the rain would hit and fall on the mountains. I used to live there off of Dyer Street, just there in the Northeast. And it was really great to, to, to first see the rain and then smell the rain. And then you'd see it just like roll down the streets because I lived downhill. And just the color it would turn, the gray, the purple, and the mountains just looked extra heavy.
4: This is Ángel Peña, who currently serves as executive director of the Nuestra Tierra Conservation Project, and it's a longtime member of the Kastner Range Coalition, the group of organizations working to protect the land. Ángel is a born and raised El Pasoan, with a passion for redefining conservation. He has worked to protect this landscape that means so much to him, his family, and his community. El Paso is one of many communities the U.S.-Mexico border crossed with the Texas annexation into the United States in 1845. It's located at the intersection of three states, Texas, New Mexico, and Chihuahua, and it has a unique binational cultural identity. Combined with Ciudad Juarez, its sister city on the other side of the border, about 2.5 million people live there. The opportunity of preserving nearly 7,000 acres of outdoor and green space in a majority Latine and low-income community like El Paso could not be possible without the hard work and commitment of the locally-led Kastner Range Coalition, who worked restlessly for over half a century.
1: There were so many opportunities where we could have lost most of it as open space. I mean, what we're walking on right here, I think most likely could have been a technology park or or housing development. There were lots of proposals over the years to do that, so.
4: Scott serves as president of the board of the Frontera Land Alliance, a nonprofit that was formed specifically to protect Kastner Range. He's one of everyone's favorite guides to hike with around the land because he has so much knowledge of the campaign, the history of the land, the culture, and the nature from all his involvement throughout the years. While he joined the coalition in 1998, it wasn't really until 2014 that a viable path for conservation presented itself.
1: The uh, Oregon Mountains Desert Peaks National Monument was formed. Mm -hmm. 2014? 2014, yes. And when that happened, everybody here in El Paso thought, well, you know, that's a good option, a national monument. That's a way to protect it. And so we started exploring that. And... That was when Congressman Beto O'Rourke became involved in it and he really took up the, the mantle of getting the word out to people in Washington that this was an opportunity. It was going to help a community that was underserved, had been neglected pretty much over the decades. Uh, and It had all of these really wonderful biological, geological, archeological, features that, and historical features that really made it a, a perfect candidate for an urban national monument and it's connected to the state park. So there's a lot of open space and it would be an opportunity to bring people who normally don't get to national monuments uh, to something like that and give them access or increase access to the state park.
4: Since time immemorial, the mountains of El Paso have witnessed many histories, including ancestral connections to Apache and Pueblo peoples, the Comanche nation, the Hopi tribe, and the Kiowa Indian tribe of Oklahoma. Later, a portion of the mountains became the Kastner Range, serving as military training ground for the United States Army for World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. About 75% of the mountains have been protected as a state park since 1981, the largest urban park in the United States. But the area specific to Kastner also deserves protection for its natural value and its cultural and historical significance.
1: So we began working on that and Frontera uh, was a major player in that, but we also started getting other organizations involved like the Franklin Mountains Wilderness Coalition, which had already been a major player, but also the the Community Foundation. Then we started looking at getting uh, churches, uh, veterans groups, all sorts of conservation organizations, getting everybody to come together and promote this idea, try and get it going. This was about the time where we started getting the uh, signature Uh, effort done, having people sign letters to President Obama urging him to create the Kastner Range National Monument.
4: Unfortunately, the efforts to protect Kastner during the Obama administration did not come to fruition. But the coalition did not give up and continued to work towards their goal.
2: It has been a long fight and I've only been in it from 2011 and so the effort started way back in the 70s and so just patience and persistence. We've gone through lots of different elected officials that have been involved over the years, lots of different community leaders have been involved over the years and what's amazing about it is that people keep stepping into the role. People are still engaged, people are still excited and this is a new era we're in now with Castner Range.
4: Janet Renault field is the executive director of the Frontera Land Alliance, where she's also served as the Kastner Range campaign lead. After a decade of building community support and raising awareness about the lack of protections for Kastner, Janet witnessed new momentum under the Biden administration. In March of 2022, the coalition members, alongside Representative Veronica Escobar of Texas, welcomed Secretary of the Interior Deb Haaland in El Paso. This led to a crucial series of connections in support of the National Monument designation.
2: When the Department of Interior Secretary Deb Haaland, followed by a trip to D.C. where we were able to, through the Congresswoman Escobar's effort, meet with the Undersecretary of the Army, and then the Undersecretary of the Army came to El Paso and met with us also at a round table. Those three encounters that were March, July and August, you could feel the change from just a community effort supported by regional and national groups to the administration in DC, something shifted. And between that and March of 2023, the effort was a little different. The communication was a little different.
4: After the break, momentum builds.
0: And support comes from Kuat Racks. They just released the Ibex, an overlanding truck bed rack that handles substantial loads both on and off the grid. Because being off the grid is dope. Constructed from lightweight yet durable aluminum, the black powder coat is made for all the nature you can throw at it. Available in six different frame sizes to accommodate most truck models, the IBEX is engineered for adventure with versatile, full, and half-height configurations. For more details, visit kuat.com. Kuat, because you will absolutely love this bed rack and all the dope places you go. In July of
4: 2022... Janae, alongside activists from the Kastner Range Coalition, myself included, went to Washington, D.C. to deliver over 137,000 letters of support in favor of Kastner Range National Monument designation. The Biden administration's newfound attention towards the campaign was crucial to its success, especially as they started noticing what was truly unique about the coalition of people fighting for Kastner Range.
2: I love the fact the Coalition is an extremely diverse group of viewpoints, perspectives, experiences, which make it so important because then you can see things through different eyes and different visions of what people may see. And it helps represent all the different components of the region from the past and into the future by having all those different elements.
4: On March 21st, 2023, President Biden declared Castner Range as a national monument.
7: Look, second thing we're doing is we're protecting the Castner Range in Texas as a national <laughs> monument. Thank you, Veronica Escobar, representative, for your leadership in this. Now, I hope you'll still have reason to call me because you called me a lot on this one. I, <laughs> the people of El Paso, have fought to protect this for 50 years. Their work has finally paid off.
4: Beyond the beautiful diversity, I really loved participating in this coalition because for everyone, this wasn't merely a role or a job. The protection of Kastner Range was and still is very personal to everyone involved.
2: I was pregnant when I started working for Frontera on Castner Range, and she is now 11. Wow. So she was 11 when it finally was made a national monument. She knows it, and we saw somebody with a bumper sticker, the Castner Range one. She said, Mommy, Mommy, look, Castner Range! And so she, she knows it. She was born into it, and, and she she understands what it is. She understands the value, and for me, knowing that, you know, this chunk of the mountain won't change. It will always be there. I think it's important for, for her and for the other community members here. It's, it's just priceless.
4: Partaking in the efforts to protect Kasner Range has been a personal marker and a rite of passage to Janet and many more. Emily Gomez gradually became more involved in the campaign through her role as the Range Field Operations Manager. As one of the younger members of the coalition, Castner Range has been both a stepping stone and a pivotal opportunity in her life.
3: Castner Range is important to me because this is where I live and this is something that I see every day. Uh, I do enjoy uh, the presence and beauty of it and it has a lot more meaning than what we like to think just because we never think it's going to get taken away from us. It has impacted my life in a lot of ways. I think it guided me um, into the right direction when it came into my career path, and it showed me what I truly appreciate and what really matters to me.
4: Before engaging in her role at Casner Range, Emily didn't consider herself a conservationist or even an outdoorist.
3: Maybe a year ago, I came out here with a friend. We watched The Sunset. And I don't know, it's just those moments where you have like an epiphany of like, life is so much bigger than you. And, and sometimes we don't realize that. And you know, you just see the beauty of the world around you. And it just made me realize like I'm at, I'm doing the right thing and it's at the right moment. I didn't realize how, how much the outdoors was actually a privilege. You know, growing up, my family was never really an outdoor people, but I think just because they never had the time, you know, they were always working, busy. If they had a day off, they wanted to rest. So outdoor really wasn't a thing for me ever growing up. So I think now that I do have the privilege to be able to be out here and work in the outdoors is super awesome and something I can't take advantage of. Next for me is to continue pushing efforts of just open spaces. Um, I want to continue working on things that we can just protect uh, for us and to be able to have access to those things for everyone easily rather than you know struggle to actually have privilege to the outdoors.
4: Family is truly at the heart of what makes Casner Range a special place. Locals have the opportunity of learning more about the land and its history at the El Paso Museum of Archeology, span which was established in 1977 by the city of El Paso to celebrate the heritage of the area. But the center also has nature trails
5: and a native plant garden that the local community can explore. So my name's Lourdes Chacon. My current relationship is coming out here now that it's getting warmer, just being a patron, visiting at least two times a month for our toddler, just to walk the grounds, learn about the animals, our environment, and just enjoy the fresh air. My favorite part is, to be honest, the beauty of the mountain range. And it's juxtaposition to the city, right? Because it reminds us that we don't have to go an hour out of the city to be able to walk in nature. You know, many of us that live in the cities can't just go to our backyards and take a hike and teach our kids, you know, what it is to be in the outdoors and what it does to us, um, mentally and just being healthy. Mommy,
2: we saw lizards. You saw lizards, all good. Do you want to see lizards?
5: I will in just a little bit. Do you think you can go find a couple plants and flowers? Maybe maybe you can learn what they are from daddy?
4: Lourdes is a citizen of El Paso. She grew up visiting family there and taking advantage of its proximity to affordable healthcare in Mexico. Eventually, life brought her back permanently to a place that had always felt like home for her and her husband, so they can raise their kid, Sebastian, who's already a fan of Kastner Range National Monument. Lourdes is right, access to trails or nature overall is not a given to most folks living in urban areas or low-income communities. And this is particularly felt in Texas, where public lands make up less than 5% of all land in the state. Due to this country's legacy of environmental injustice toward low-income people and families and people of color, there is an unequal distribution of access to natural spaces. This became more evident during the quarantine phase of COVID-19 pandemic, when everybody started seeking outdoor spaces to pass the time safely. According to the Nature Gap report from the Center for American Progress, people of color, families with children and low-income communities are most likely to be deprived of the benefits that nature provides. And about 70% of low-income Americans live in nature-deprived communities. Another report released in 2022 by the Center with Hispanic Access Foundation estimated that 95% of Latino families in the area's neighboring Casner Range are experiencing higher than average nature loss. This is what is defined as a nature-deprived community. This makes Casner Range National Monument an even more important designation. Lourdes, like many other locals in El Paso, was unaware that the mountains she and her family loved so much were not protected until right before the recent designation.
5: You know, El Paso, part of the spirit are the beautiful mountains that surround it. And I mean, I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn that they were not protected. There's there's some anger in there, right? Um, and I think You know, at the end of the day, I guess I took it for granted that such beauty sometimes is is not protected. And we're fortunate now that it is, and we can kind of breathe a sigh of relief for a little bit of time. Hopefully this will always be here, but I think what the team and, and groups that have fought to keep the landscape natural here, I think speaks volumes to the hope that should something come across where we're gonna have to fight for it again, like that we will, because it's precious. You know, 50 years ago, I wasn't in the world yet. And in the time that I've been alive, I have seen so much development in all the cities I've lived in, including El Paso, visiting a lot as a kid. You see how quickly the land is developed. And I think it's really sad when you experience nature and see it go away. That is the biggest heartbreak of all. Yeah, and I hope my son will have the appreciation for the outdoors, for what it gives to us. And I think, you know, our busy lives, you forget that nature has something to provide for us. It is a form of sustenance. And I just hope we can get more people outside to discover and
4: enjoy. Everyone in El Paso is as excited as Lourdes to get out and discover more about the natural and cultural beauty of Casner Range. But right now, access to the land is limited because of the previous use by the military. Richard Teschner is a retired professor of linguistics at University of Texas, El Paso. He has leveraged his knowledge and research experience to support the local efforts to protect the Franklin Mountain State Park and consequently, Kastner Range National Monument. He's done extensive research and written reports on different aspects of the now monument.
7: What distinguishes El Paso from many cities in the United States, from the great majority of cities, in the United States are the Franklin Mountains. And so, in order to conserve the Franklin Mountains, uh, we, and by we, I mean lots and lots of people, some of them no longer on the planet, uh, have worked very hard, bit by bit, piece by piece. And at present, now that Castle Range is a national monument, it's fair to say that over 90% of the Franklin Mountains have been conserved forever. Yeah, now that it's a national monument under the, or continuing to be under the control of the United States Army, what I would like to see is what everyone in El Paso would like to see, namely, uh, the clearing of all the mechs and the UXOs necessary to build trails atop them so that people can hike and bike and walk to picnic sites and walk to uh, scenic parts of the range that they especially want to see. And so that's what has to happen, the sooner the better.
4: Currently, Casner Range National Monument can only be accessed in one location, the El Paso Museum of Archaeology. Everywhere else, you will meet a fence and deterring signage about the presence of mechs, munitions and explosives of concern, and UXOs, unexploded ordinances. These are still present around Casner Range, left behind from back when it was used as a military training ground through the mid-60s. Up until 19 years ago, though, the people of El Paso were still accessing the land freely, but as concerns around mechs and UXOs grew, the land got fenced up and access to the community was revoked. Many assessments have been performed over the years to identify all MEC and UXO locations, as well as strategies proposed to clean up the land for safe use. Kastner Range is the only national monument managed by the Department of Defense, and they will lead the process of planning for safe infrastructure to create more access to the cultural and natural wealth of the landscape that makes up Kastner Range.
3: I would really love to hike Kastner Range. Just because everyone used to hike it like way before it was blocked off the way it is, they say there's a waterfall at the top.
4: While a waterfall at the peak is yet to be confirmed, most community members cannot wait to see the potential of Kastner Range once the land is safe to
2: access. I can't wait for a trail or two to open up. (laughs) It would be great. That Judy Ackerman Trail is gonna be the first one. And then I would love to take a trail to see the springs. I've heard about them all these years. I would love to see like the little puddle of mud that's the spring in Castner Range and see see the wildlife that visits it.
6: I think I, I say this a lot, but Castner Range for me really helps uh, the conservation community and just just really helps us uh, move on and and help redefine what the 21st century of conservation should and could look like. One that is means more than just the charismatic flora and fauna, but that one that really recognizes and acknowledges the importance of community, culture and tradition. And so uh, that for me is absolutely what Castner Range is, is all about and what makes it so important. You know, now that she's designated does not mean that the work is done. Um, Castner Range National Monument now needs, uh, uh, more than ever, a a dedicated group of folks to make sure that, that the rubber does indeed meet the road in the way we intend it to uh, and so that this place is ultimately opened up and create new opportunities for deliberately and historically excluded communities to uh, make memories outdoors um, and hopefully spark spark a fire that uh, only leads to new cool questions and conservation initiatives across the, across the country.
4: This episode is dedicated to the loving memory of Castner Range Coalition member and restless conservationist and ever-optimist, Judy Ackerman.
0: Thank you everyone who took the time to talk with Gabacha about the Castner Range. And a special thanks to Gabacha for collaborating with us on this story. If you want to find out more about the current state of Castner Range, check out Frontera Land Alliance. We'll put a link in the show notes. Our stories come from friends, from friends of friends and from you, our community. If you have a compelling idea for a guest or a story idea, please give us a shout. You can use the submission form on our website, Dirtbagdiaries.com. Music today from Brendan O'Connell, Sun Searcher, Kevin MacLeod, Jazar, Jacob Bain, and Niskoto. Koto. The tracks are courtesy of the artists, Track Club, or Free Music Archive. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find the links to the artists at our website, Dirtbagdiaries.com. This episode was produced and written by Gabacha Moreno, with additional production magic from Andrew Burton, Evan Phillips, Ashley Langholz, and Becca Cahall. Illustration by Walker Call, Becca Call is our executive producer. I'm Fitz, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Wiley, 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 Wiley! Wiley, Wiley, Wiley! Otter, Otter! Otter, Wiley. There's an otter, dude. Holy shit, it's so funny. I'm literally recording the vocal thing and this freaking otter just came down the river.